Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. power. This is the mental wellness on this transformational Thursday. And I'm so glad to see you all here. I have an amazing, amazing interview that I'm looking forward to sharing with you this evening with none other than Stephen McCall. You know, um, Steve is not only the first Black senior research advisor in military space for the U.S. Congress, uh, he's also, he was the Congressional Fellow for the U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren. He's met with the Vice President of the Republic of the Syrians, spreading awareness for kids with Tourette and underserved communities. And I had the privilege uh, to meet Steve McCall, I believe it was 2019. He gave me a tour of um, the Capitol building, got to ride underneath the, the train, underneath the uh, the tunnels there, learn all about the libraries, and since then have continuously seen him not only building, but living a life that he wants to wake up to each and every morning. And I always gravitate towards examples when people are at that place where, you know what, they're just not talking about it, they're being about it. And I want to um, first welcome you to the stage, uh, Steve. Thank you, Dr. Janie. How are you and everybody with Breakfast with Champions? Well, I am doing phenomenal, and we are so glad that you are here with us, uh, Steve. So I can go on and on about your resume. Um, you have a lots of different, there is something I'm gonna ask you about your publication around um, challenges for the United States in space that I saw that you have published. I know you've been on CNN, you've uh, sponsored so many shows. You're gonna be on a Broadway show. You're gonna be performing Dig Deep um, next month in October on Broadway. Just so many phenomenal things. And the thing that's kind of shocking, I guess, for me would be for a military person who's been in the Air Force, who works for Congress, is such a creative mind. So we look at all those different um, facets of who you are. Tell us, like, who is Steve McCall? Take it away. Tell us who you are. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, well, who is uh, Steve McCall? You, you announced a few of them and provided a brief background, but I always like to take my audience on a journey. Uh, if you, anybody that knows me, I am a storyteller. So if you allow me just to take everybody on a short journey and giving you a brief history of who Steve McCall is. So I love giving people the uh, opportunity to imagine when they were younger. So everybody here in Clubhouse, I want you to imagine that you were a teenager again. For some of us like me, that might be kind of hard, uh, but imagine that you're a teenager and someone hands you a fully loaded gun and says, you have one shot to save your life. When they come, these people shoot and kill. You take the gun and you feel so confused, lost, defeated, worthless, helpless. You ready 
you really don't have anything to do else in life. Even though you're a teenager, you take the gun, you place the finger on the trigger, aim straight for your head. And everybody, you realize today is the last day on earth. Then quickly, a voice comes to your head, almost like a person, and takes the gun from you and tells you not to give up on life. You realize this person is living the life you only dreamt of. Successful career, college degrees, world traveler, and one fine-looking man. Had to add that. They are the father you only wished you had. But you focus on what your father, and yes, I said your father, told you. After he handed you a gun and said you had one shot to save your life, shoot and kill. So, Dr. Janie, who is Steve McCall? I was that teenage boy, and I am proud to say I'm also the voice of that story of my future. I'm courageous. I'm an overcomer, an achiever, a man of integrity. And yes, like you mentioned earlier, I am privileged. It's an honor to be a senior advisor and staffer for the U.S. Congress. But if you read my bio in Clubhouse, if you read my bios anywhere else, my greatest honor, achievement, accomplishment is not a degree. It's being a father, a single dad of two amazing boys. And this year on January 22nd, 2021, Dr. Janie received the text message. When I picked up Santiago and Julian in Bogota, Colombia, and I officially this year became the father I dreamt of becoming, my impossibles have turned into reality. So when you ask who Steve McCall is, you can look at my bio, but I am a proud father of two amazing boys. Back over to you, Dr. Janie. And Steve, they are absolutely two amazing boys. You know, so take us a little bit on, on a journey. I'm going to go back a little bit. When you were back in high school, because I'm sure you're sharing all these stories with your sons. But when you went back to high school, or I'm assuming even college, take us on the journey of how you became the military space advisor. Because if I'm not mistaken, you started out wanting to be an astronaut. Is that correct, Steve? Yes, that is correct. I dreamt of being an astronaut ever since I was a little boy. I wanted to be an astronaut and also a Hollywood Broadway actor. So those were two different career fields, but I wanted to accomplish them both. So then what happened from that transition? You wanted to be an astronaut. So how did you go from being an astronaut to working to, for, for Congress, uh, for being a congressional fellow to Elizabeth Warren and all the things as far as your career goes? How did you get from wanting to fly up in space to, to now being the senior research advisor, or not only the senior research advisor, but your first black senior research advisor? Yes, well, I love sharing this story uh, because in today's, uh, table and clubhouse, we're talking about creating the life that you want. And I've had many obstacles from the gun to my head, uh, nearly committed suicide when I was 19 years old. And it seems like life has been filled with so many obstacles and challenges, one after another. But one thing since that day, I had the gun to my head, I was determined never to give up. Uh, I was giving up before high school and middle school. I had a life of depression leading up to 19. But after I put that gun down, Dr. Janie, I made up my mind. Nobody was going to tell me no. Nobody was going to tell me I could not achieve my wildest dreams. So after high school, I joined the military. And for many of you who don't know, I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. ADHD, obsessive compulsive disorder, name the disorder, Steve McCall was diagnosed with it, especially living in Detroit as a black child growing up in the inner city. I had every diagnosis you could uh, picture. So picture a kid with Tourette syndrome, blinking his eyes, screaming out vulgarities, barking like a dog, wants to fly a plane. So I started flying planes when I was 15 years old. I threw away all my medicine, and then I ended up joining the military. Um, I joined the military uh, under the perception that I did not really see the diagnosis on paper, so I must not have Tourette syndrome. So I joined the military to live my dream of becoming an astronaut. I was enlisted, and then I received a full-ride scholarship to Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, 
in Daytona Beach, Florida. And I was three weeks away, Dr. Jamie, from graduating with my bachelor's degree. And I had a guaranteed pilot spot because I had a 3.95 grade point average, which was completely different from the 1.2 grade point average I had in my junior year and the 12 out of 36 I received on the ACT. So it was near impossible for me ever to become a pilot. Unfortunately, three weeks before graduation, I was medically discharged, another obstacle in life, but I didn't let that stop me. And a few months later, I received a position with the Department of Defense down in Langley uh, Air Force Base, Virginia, and Herbert Field, Florida. Those were the two bases that I started my defense uh, career as a civilian. Uh, throughout that time, I never forget, I never forgot about my passion for wanting to fly. And I really want to encourage everybody here and who's listening, if you have a dream, maybe the dream might not come true how you see it. I never made it to space. I never become, uh, became an astronaut. However, my colonel came to me and said, what's your dream? I said, sir, I want to be a space operator. And you know what he did, Dr. Janey? He said, well, what's stopping you? Take the classes and we will change your job description into what you want it to be. So when I was 25 years old, around 25 or 26, I rewrote my job description and made myself a space analyst. And the story goes on with getting all my certifications, level one through level three in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I kept on going. And then I had the opportunity to move to Washington, D.C., for a congressional fellowship. And once again, I have always been used to the odds being against me. And they had one slot. I got selected for the slot in the entire DOD as a civilian. And I moved to Capitol Hill back in 2017 and worked for Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren. And then right when I was going back to the Air Force, out the blue, the person who had my current position of 37 years senior analyst for military space decided to retire and the director came to me at a function and said would you please honor us with applying for the position after all that dr Janey, i applied for the position and in 2018 they contacted me and said congratulations welcome to the legislative branch you are the sole portfolio and research manager for all of military space all of missile defense, they added defense innovation, and they said, it's you, yourself, nobody else to uh, lead, lead the way. And I took on that role, and I have been in that role ever since. And honestly, every day when I go to work, it is very surreal because I am the only person to represent the U.S. Congress for military space, both foreign, domestic, China, Russia, name it, I cover it. Over to you, Dr. Janey. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Uh, I don't even know if I kept up with that, but, you know, I'm going to just take a quick reset, Steve McCall. That's what we do in Breakfast with Champions. But when you are in Breakfast with Champions, this is the Millionaire Breakfast Club, and we are here to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday, and 6 a.m. to noon on Saturday and the one and only Club 111 with Darian Sanders on Sunday, which is live right here on Clubhouse. And if you ever missed a segment or want to re-listen to your favorite episode, you can download the Breakfast with Champions podcast at any time. So head on over to Breakfast with Champions Live, and you can grab the link to subscribe on the podcast as well to see everything else that we got going on. But this is also the time to ping your friends in the room. They want to continue, we want to continue to hear from Stephen McCall to share his special story. But I also want to introduce my co-moderator, Sebastian Rush. He's not only an author, he's a papa, he's a storyteller, and he's the host of Beyond the Story. So he's here because he also loves storytelling. And if you follow his podcast, we'll see that as well. So welcome to the stage, Sebastian. I want to introduce you to our guest, Steve McCall. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Jenny. I apologize for my tardiness. As you saw in my text, there was a fire in my building. A car exploded in the parking garage. So everybody's okay, and I just got back into my unit. So it's great to be here. Steven, what's happening? I'm so excited to learn more. And again, it's great to be here, everybody. They can't hold you back. <laughs>
That is right. These things just, uh, well, you, you missed some of what uh, Steve had said, Sebastian, in the sense that perseverance and you keep moving forward. So you kept moving forward and you got here. But, but before we go back and turn it back over to Steve, Sebastian, tell us a little bit, because you're going to relate to this as far as being a single father. How was it sending your daughter off to college? <laughs> I cried like a little baby for a week straight. I thought I was all tough and I'm free now. My kid's going to college. I'm a 38-year-old empty nester. Womp, womp, womp. Because the second she started packing, it was like a girl had broke up with me. I mean, I had this on and she was like, dad, I'm gonna be fine. I'm like, I just don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. I mean, you spent 18 years dedicated to another human being. It's a huge adjustment, but I finally got out there, got her settled into freshman year a couple of years ago. The tears finally ceased and uh, she is thriving. So I couldn't be more excited, but yes, definitely. Uh, some emotion uh, involved with watching your little one enter into the world, or is what I would call the preparation phase of the world by going to college. Well, my son is nine, so I can't imagine it, but I know the day is going to come. But tell us a little bit, of, Steve, about your boys, right? So you talked to them and Columbia, and I follow that journey you have. And tell us also about how we can follow your journey, because I know you have the uh, podcast or you have the YouTube channel where we can see the day that you met your sons. But before we get to that day, share with, us, share with us the journey that got you to that day, the making a decision to be a father by choice and a single father by choice. Share with us. Thank you, Dr. Jane. Uh, first, I want to uh, say hello, Sebastian. It is an honor to meet you and I am so glad you could be with us on stage today. So it's an honor to say hello to you. Likewise, brother, likewise. So uh, being a single father, uh, prior to being a single father, and anybody who knows me, I don't talk much about my career, even though if we have Q&A, I will answer all the secret, dark question about aliens in space. I'm joking. I will not. But my pride and joy are my boys. Uh, so back in 2018, I believe, uh, it was 2017 and 18, I was going through a very uh, adventurous and um, a very adventurous divorce uh, is the polite word, I guess, to say. It was an adventure of a lifetime, uh, going through divorce court, having divorce papers served to the U.S. Senate as Senator Elizabeth Warren passed by uh, my desk. Uh, so that's another story for another time. Uh, however, during that time, I decided to take a break and just rest and relax from life. So I traveled down to Columbia on my birthday, November uh, 7th. And I landed in Medellin and went on a tour. And on the tour in Medellin and Comuna, uh, today say 13, I kept on running into different kids that looked like me. And they were asking to take pictures. And this one group of kids, when I took the picture, I remembered their faces. And I asked the tour guide, uh, are they on summer break? Why are they here? And he laughed and he said, Mr. Steve, these kids don't have families. I said, but they're only 10 and 11 years old. He said, many kids here are orphans and they live on the street. And my heart was pricked and I knew I was going through a divorce. I knew I had no opportunities to adopt, but I always remembered that picture. And that day I said, I'm going to adopt a child from Columbia. And then long and behold, two years later, last year actually, because this just happened, last year one of my uh, previous mentors reached out to me and said, Steve, what are you waiting for? I said, what am I waiting for? Uh, I, what do you mean? She said, Steve, you should be a father. And I'm thinking, I am divorced. I can't be a father. I'm not getting remarried anytime soon. I'm still paying off the divorce fees. And she said, how about adoption? And she did not know, Dr. Janie, that a few days before I watched the movie called Instant Family. And I cried and cried and cried throughout the movie because I knew this was in my journey. And then I secretly did research over the next few weeks. And then I was going to be a host parent with Kids Save. This is all last year. And right before the uh, son was supposed to come, they said, hey, Steve, we are so excited you're signed up. How about two? I said, excuse me? I'm single. Uh, I'm not even sure if I can be approved for one, but two kids? I said, oh, no, 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 that's not possible. Well, 
fast forward a few weeks later, their trip was canceled, and uh, I ended up doing a virtual hosting with them last August, August 20th of 2020. And a few short weeks later, Stephen McCall was approved by the Colombian government and the United States Customs or Citizenship and Immigration to not only adopt one, but adopt two children that I had never met in person. I only saw them on Zoom. And on January 22nd of this year, talking about scared, I have been in Kosovo war. I have dealt with mail bombs, car bombs. I have been, uh, de- I- I've dealt with gangs before, guns to my head. This was the most nervous I have ever been. And when I walked to La Mesa or La Casa in Bogota, I cried tears of joy when Santiago and Julian Steven, and I love his middle name, were in my arms and we have never left each other's side since then, even though they are now in school. And Sebastian, I must be honest, I don't have college kids, but I was like a little baby a couple days before. I'm like, no, my babies are going away to high school and element or middle school. And then after I dropped them off, I wiped the tear off my face and realized my freedom was back. And now I love them going to school for a eight-hour break, Monday through Friday. Turning it back over to you, Dr. Jane and Sebastian. So Daddy Daycare uh, is, is, uh, gets a little break, I, I, I'm seeing here. So that's probably a breath of fresh air. But my goodness, talk about – I mean, I watched 90 Day Fiance. I was like, these, these people are, are, are very courageous um, that's a whole different ballgame. This is legitimately being able to adopt and bring kids into your life, make them your own, and and grow and help them grow uh, and develop. So I can imagine the rash of emotions that that brought on. It's like, well, how did you feel? I mean, how how about listing every single feeling possible for a human being? And well, that's what we have. And I can only imagine that's 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 what you felt like leading into this. No. Sebastian, every single emotion you can imagine from birth all the way until we take our last breath, I experienced the night before. Sick to my stomach, nauseous, excited, scared, nervous. What in the world did I do? I signed up to be a host dad, not an adoptive dad went through my mind. But Sebastian, all those emotions went out the window when uh, when Santiago and Julian came out that door. And originally, I thought I was only going to have them uh, for a few hours. And I'll just be real talk. I thought I was going to have them for a few hours. And then they're going to go back to the orphanage for a week. And we're going to spend time together during the day. And I was going to be free to you know go to maybe uh, a couple Latin places, salsa dance in the evenings. Uh, to prepare to be a father, found out a few weeks before, uh, January 22nd, they had their bags and they were coming with me for life. So that was a surprise. But yes, once I picked them up, uh, my biggest emotion was just a relief because everybody knows last year it was COVID. It's still COVID and the borders were closed. So getting to Columbia was an extra challenge, especially because of what happened at my job a few days before I left. Uh, in January uh, of this year, and then the borders were closed because of COVID. It was a nightmare trying to get there. But once I landed and once I had them in my arms, the only thing I can remember is I was full of joy. And I, yeah. I can only imagine Steven, that Stephen is it okay. The, the Steven, looks is on it their okay faces. If I, I jump in, please. Well, hold on one second, Brian. We're gonna um, open it up for questions um, in uh, just a no bit. Problem, Thank you. Stephen, I can only imagine that the look in their eyes in that first embrace, I, I just, I, the, the first thing that shows up for me when you share this story, first of all, I mean, hats off, kudos, every other word that you could describe as far as accolades for being the human being that you are and having the heart you are, even when you weren't ready. But more times than not, God puts us up against something when we are the furthest from being ready. And I, I, I actually, I, I say this often about life in general, and that is there is a calling on our life. There is no question about that. The only question is, are we going to respond to that calling? Because as part of that calling, 
there are people that have been assigned to us. And when we don't answer that call, we're not able to show up. And those people that are assigned to us lose. And I, man, I legitimately just spoke this twice this morning during a talk. And it resonates on a completely different level now hearing your story on here because man, oh man, the feeling of emotion the night before you said you felt everything, nauseous, nervous, what in the world? Oh my goodness. And that I believe, because we live in a world of spiritual warfare, is the enemy hard at work trying to say you're making a bad decision and you stepping in and saying, no, I don't know what's going to happen and how it's going to work out. I just know it's going to work out. So man, Again, hats off, kudos, wowza. I mean, I thought I was a hero because I raised a kid on my own, but this is next level, brother. Thank you, Sebastian. I, I want to mention, it was my journey to be an adoptive dad. I appreciate my previous marriage and being a stepfather because now I am a better man and I'm a better father because of the challenges that I've experienced in life. And last year, when you look at the cost of international adoption, it's around $60,000. And I didn't have $60,000 just laying on the table. So I actually asked God, I said, Lord, if this is your will, because I wasn't looking at commentary, it wasn't an open discussion, a conference call. I didn't need people's opinions because I knew this was a part of my journey. And I said, Lord, if this is you, I need some grants and I need some money to help me fund this adoption. And this is when grants... We're closed. Steven, a lot of grants last please. year were closed because of COVID-19. Yeah, people were right not giving. Excuse me? Sorry. I think that was just a hot mic. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, okay. Uh, so when the grants were closed and grant after grant said, sorry, we have no funds, Sebastian and Dr. Janie and Clubhouse and Breakfast with Champions, within eight weeks, I received over $32,000 in grant money when my salary was double and triple of the maximum they authorized for grants. So when people say, well, why do you say turn your impossibles into reality? I'm living it. I really do believe, and I'm crazy to dare to dream that if you just ask and you believe in yourself, you will have these impossibles turn into reality because I had $0 for the adoption, and then I ended up getting 32000 And then on Christmas Day, somebody handed me a $5,000 check in cash to cash the next day for kids' clothes. Let's so when you go. see my YouTube channel and you see my kids in all these fancy clothes, I want to thank my donor of $5,000 who bought the kids' clothes. So I'm not sure how they're going to look next year, but this year they have swag and they look Good. I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, last time I checked, and you can confirm this, I'm sure you can too, Dr. Janie, uh, the, the word's really clear. It says, trust the Lord with all of your heart. It doesn't say some of it. It doesn't say a little bit of it. It says all of it. And what a testament to to living that out and actually Proverbs saying, 3 and 5, Sebastian. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. And my paths were directed towards Santiago and Julian Stephen McCall. Amen. Back to you. Sorry, yes. sorry. That, you, you stirred me up real quick, Sebastian. And with that, <laughs> Dr. Janie? <laughs> yes, I'm like, uh, you guys are bringing us to church, but I want to open it up uh, for questions and I'm going to start with our moderators. I'm going to start with uh, Bernita. Uh, thank you for that, Janie. I'm like, grand evening, everyone. Stephen, this was absolutely a pleasure. My name is Bernita Adele. And, um, you know, so I mean, so many parts of your story, Sebastian hit on it, have, were so inspiring. But I, I wanted to ask about the more of your experience now moving into adulthood, as you talked about having the multiple diagnosis as a kid. And uh, with the Tourette's, which is something that I also saw my oldest nephew go through um, as a child. I see now in, in later years, we're, we're finding so much more has to do with, or in, in lots of cases, so much has to do with diet, 
um, understanding that, you know, what we eat impacts our nervous system and just getting, you know, a, a new level of awareness, whereas, um, you know, many years, several years ago, the, the automatic thing was to tell someone that they could not do their opportunity. So I'm, I'm just curious, like, as you continue into adulthood, what has been your experience around navigating the childhood diagnosis that you had and being able to find other ways to address them? Renita, done speaking for the moment. That's a great question, uh, Renita. So navigating adulthood with Tourette syndrome after being in the military and making it through the military with the diagnosis of Tourette syndrome, that was the biggest challenge I had in life. If you can make it through uh, two boot camps, I went to enlisted boot camp and then I was honored with the ROTC scholarship to become a second lieutenant. So I had to go through a second boot camp and I graduated honor graduate in both those boot camps. And for me, diet is definitely uh, number one. Uh, soda and pop and uh, different types of caffeinated drinks uh, definitely make my tics come out more. Uh, the second one is speaking on the telephone. So actually on Clubhouse, this is a very big challenge for me because my tics act up a lot more and are more severe if I'm speaking on the phone or actually on a uh, Zoom call just because of the stress that has uh, th that's behind it. In my career, I actually never disclose my diagnosis because I've been able to suppress the outward tics, the inward tics of having to read sentences over and over and over. What I do is instead of working eight hours at the beginning of my career, I would work eight hours and then I would take my work home and I would have to redo a lot of the reading because I was not able to stay uh, focused at work. I did that through grad school, undergraduate, uh, for U.S. Uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren. So I've had to learn how to navigate around the obstacle. The obstacle is Tourette syndrome. People don't really bother me about that. However, it's the inward tics and the inward struggle that people don't see, the mental uh, struggle that I have to work through. And it is still, it, it's, it's work every single day. Preparing for Clubhouse, it was work. Preparing for my uh, Broadway debut, off-Broadway debut, it is work. But now when I'm on off-Broadway and when I'm on stage, all of my tics go away. Uh, when I fly planes, I don't fly anymore, but when I start flying planes as a teenager, when I take the throttle, I'm very relaxed and all of the tics go away until I land the plane back on the ground and realize I just flew a plane then the ticks come back when I leave the poop, uh, the, the cockpit. So I hope that answers your question. No, that was very helpful. And yes, I actually was just uh, snooping around your bio. I am based in New York City, so I'm going to be checking out uh, to see if I can uh, make it to your October 22nd debut. Appreciate that. You are more than welcome. And I, I would be honored if you could make the Dig Deep show. Awesome. Well, with that being said, uh, Steve, thank you, Bernita. T tell us a little bit about the show, Dig Deep. What does Dig Deep mean? And uh, we'd love to hear hear about your show that you're getting ready to do next month. Yes, Dr. Janie. So as you know, I really do believe in creating the life you want. And I've been told so many times, no, I always try to find a way to turn it into a yes. Or as my tagline says on my website, turning your impossibles into reality. So I originally had a full 17-song stage musical that we had debuted in uh, New York City at Henry Bendel uh, a week before. It closed down a couple of years ago, and we had Broadway, Off-Broadway, Tony Award nominees uh, present my show called Imaginary Boy. And it's about me as a teenager going through life with Tourette Syndrome, teen suicide, depression, anxiety, etc. So Dig Deep is the continuation or the spinoff of my full stage musical. And I wanted to have a show that really focused on my adulthood and how I was able to make it to live my dream as a father, a single father by choice. So in Dig Deep, I take the audience on a journey. And when I start working on it during COVID, uh, my original director, she passed away last year, unfortunately. And she's a very young woman. 
but she passed away and I was kind of defeated because she, she understood my vision. And then this year, after I brought the boys home, my passion still was to present my show. And of course, my dream was to be on Broadway and my branding manager. We had a, a discussion uh, back in May and June after the website launched. And she said, why not ask Triad Theater, New York City, an off-Broadway venue, if you can do your show there? And without hesitation, that same day, I emailed the CEO and I said, hey, Bernie, this is Steve McCall. This is my website. This is my show. Dig deep. It's a solo show. I gave the synopsis. And within one hour, the CEO of Triad Theater emailed me back and said, wow, Stephen, your material is amazing. We would be honored to allow you to come. And then I was figuring that I would be there on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and he honored me with giving me a prime slot on a Friday night, 7 p.m., off-Broadway debut. And for the record, my script was not written when he gave me this debut. But thankfully, today, I am at the 95% point. So once again, I stepped out the boat. I stepped out on faith. Uh, I really do dream big. And I sometimes have some crazy, wild dreams that I really believe I'm going to conquer. And this one, being off-Broadway, was always my dream. And my next dream is to take my show, of course, on Broadway and then take it all away, uh, all around the world to change lives. Awesome. Um, Dr. Rowe, you can take the next question. Thank you so much. Uh, Stephen, I first want to say thank you for your service. You just have an amazing story. I have a two-fold question for you. The first would be, what is the greatest reward you have as a father? And then secondly, I'm just curious, what myths do you often um, overcome when people are talking to you about Tourette syndrome? Dr. Rowe, thank you for the questions. It's an honor to meet you. Also, I've heard a lot about you. And those are two amazing questions that um, I'm honored to answer. So the first one, uh, the reward of being, or the most, uh, I believe you said, the greatest reward of being a father. Whoo, that's a hard, not a hard question, but it's hard to say without tearing up. Having my sons call me dad. Because many times adoptive children, especially older children, when they come from Colombia, and I can only speak from my experience of Colombian children, the majority of them do not attach and the majority of them do not call their parents mom or dad. They usually call them by their first name and they remain a first name basis. On December 24th of last year, Christmas Eve, I had the last Zoom call with my children before picking them up, and I was able to officially tell them I was going to be their dad. And they looked at me, and the first thing they said was, so you're going to be our dad? Can we start calling you dad right now? And my heart was full of joy. Now, I'm going to stop talking about it because I would not be able to last this uh, last on Clubhouse if we keep on. But that is my biggest reward. My greatest reward is having my children call me dad. And to this day, they still call me dad, even when we bump heads on the good days, the bad days, uh, they still call me dad. And that's my greatest reward. And for the second part of your question, uh, what are the myths about Tourette syndrome? The media, the media, the lovely media they love highlighting that every single person with Tourette syndrome curses nonstop all day long uncontrollably. And that is false. That is just not the case. As a boy, I did have, it's called coprolalia, where you scream out vulgarities. Unfortunately, I did experience that. However, it was not just me going to school and cursing out every single teacher I saw. There's a difference. I can curse at a person. For example, I got upset with the teacher before and I cursed. I use the Tourette syndrome as, uh, as the reason to get out of trouble. I was lying. I don't lie now, but I was lying. It was not Tourette syndrome because I cursed him out pretty politely. When the Tourette syndrome came out, it's more of a scream and it's a stress that has to get out like a sneeze. Like you're about to sneeze 
And that is what the vulgarity part of Tourette syndrome is. And I believe only 5% of us actually have it. So that myth is definitely the number one myth. And it's funny, Sebastian mentioned 90 Day Fiance because one of my TV credits is 90 Day Fiance. Uh, and I was on there with a girl that had Tourette syndrome. And of course, during that time, that is one of the things that they highlighted. So thank you for your uh, questions, Dr. Rowe. And I look forward to meeting you one of these days. Back over to you, Dr. Janie and Sebastian. Oh, awesome. Stephen, I, what, what are the odds that I am? I actually do watch that show. Uh, and I haven't seen your episode as of yet there. So, um, yeah. Uh, hello, uh, Irony Police. So, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, and I'm so glad that you're able to 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 demyth all of the stigmas around Tourette's and the fact that the media and you know there is specific conditions on there. That's the biggest challenge with with our world is the lack of understanding because people take the understanding of what they think it is because well I mean I saw it on NBC News or ABC or whatever news network is out there so glad that you really brought uh, some some clarity uh, to that I was about to say my goodness I'm trying to moderate a room here Stephen and I'm about to be a hot mess as you continue to share these incredible stories on what you're doing here uh, but I was able to hold it together just like you did on here so we're, we're keeping the show uh, going here we're going to open things up for questions here I'm sure a lot of you have questions for Steven so if you do go ahead and raise your hand we'll bring you up on stage for those of you that may already be on stage go ahead and flash your mic and unmike and uh, we'll have you ask uh, whatever questions you may have here for uh, Steven so anybody on stage have a question Shirley Please. Hey, great day. Thank you, Dr. Janie and Sebastian. I'm military, so I have a affinity, a passion, a heart for us. And I just really wanted to thank Stephen for, again, this is such transparency, transformational. Uh, I listened to your story and I, I went right there with you. Not that I've had that experience, but it's so amazing how you said also there's many people that serve in the military that have challenges and we know how to, I won't say hide, but to keep ourselves together so that we can achieve our accomplishments and our dreams. And I just wanted to tell you, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for what you're doing currently. And also thank you for imparting into those children's lives. Thank you, Dr. Janie and Sebastian for allowing me to salute Stephen likewise. And Miss Shirley, I salute you back. Thank you for uh, the kind remarks. Thank so you, Shirley. Well so well-deserved, so well-deserved. Anita, please, what questions do you have for Stephen? Hey, um, Dr. Janie, thank you for this amazing interview. It's so ironic that I came across, uh, I want to call you Dr. McCall for some reason, <laughs> um, but, um, and I saved it, so I had to go, I came across an article that had been written about you and I, for some reason, say this, I had to go find it. But it says, but my faith has pushed me to greatness. I believe that anything we desire to do in life, it is our choice to succeed. We all have permission to pursue our dreams despite life's obstacles. Or obstacles. There are millions of people who have the potential to be greater in life. Once they realize it, they will be able to soar as eagles through the sky above their obstacles. And that, my friend, has been my quote. I sent it to my kids when they were smaller. And I live by that. I love it. I can't believe I'm in a room with you. Like, I, I, I back channel Dr. Jane. I was like, what in the world? But I love that. Uh, uh, I, I'm just, I'm stoked right now. I'm really, I just wanted to read that quote to you that has helped me uh, because I was in it when I was in the third grade. And I'm just going to share this real quick. When I was in the third grade, the, the teacher and the principal had gotten together uh, together and told my mom that I was um, like had a learning disability. Um, they wanted, they slumped me. They, they wanted to put me in special class. And my mom said, no, my daughter is intelligent. And though I was making the D's and F's, my mom, every day after school, 
I'm getting emotional. She worked with me. I had to sit at the table for hours with her because she wanted to prove to them that I wasn't retarded. I didn't need special class, special ed. I was just a class clown. And if I, I was made to do my work, I could do it. And that was the turnaround for me that my mom, because my mom was heavily involved in church. So she spent a lot of time at church. But when she knew that I needed her, she took the role of a teacher because my family um, integrated the schools that we were in at the time. And so, you know, they really didn't want us there. But my mom took the time to be the teacher and she taught me. And I went from making D's to F's to making all A's in the third grade, fourth grade. Like I had so many. I, my mom still got them now, my certificates. So thank you so much for overcoming what people say you can't because you've shown them you can and I've shown them I can too. Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity. I'm Anita, the official club auntie, and I am done speaking. Miss Anita, my gosh, you, you have me in tears over here. I forgot about all the articles, but I appreciate you so much because that is very encouraging. Sharing my story and being vulnerable is a scary thing. So just to hear that a quote from a news article or newspaper that you had before this interview and that you've known me for, I guess, many years, because I think that article was, uh, it was not in the past few years, to know that that changed your life and helped you push, I'm honored. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Anita for the encouraging words because I might Thank have you. a lot of confidence, but every single day I still have to fight and push to make sure I make it to the end of the day. So thank you, Miss Anita. And I'll turn it back over to the host. Thank you. Absolutely amazing, Anita. Yes, when she back chatted, I'm like, what a small world. But you never know when your words, your story, and as you said, Stephen, when we are vulnerable, how it can impact people and make a difference. And there are people in this room who are going to download the confidence to share their own stories so that they may impact and inspire others. So we certainly appreciate that. And I wanna go ahead and turn it over to Joy. I saw her fl flashing her mic earlier. Oh my goodness, thank you, Dr. Janie. This has been such an incredible space. Stephen. I'm right next to you. We look like we could be related, but your story, it just reminds me of that verse in Proverbs that always says a, a man's gifts will always make room for him. So I'm just so encouraged. I didn't really necessarily had a question, but more of an encouragement that whatever those gifts are in your heart, even if they don't make sense to people or the things that we think are our shortcomings or the things that hold us back, you have used that as fuel to create your own spaces and that just has encouraged my soul. It's so funny, the things that have always made you the weirdo or the oddball out that have been treasure to somebody else. So just wanna encourage you with that word that a man's gifts will always make room for them. And my parents told me and my six siblings that the hearts of kings are in God's hands. So be encouraged, my friend. I am so blown away by your story. Thank you, Joy. And yes, we do look like we could be twins. My brother uh, but, from another mother. <laughs> yes. But yes, no, thank you. You you all really don't understand. Like I said, my my, my resume is very impressive. I, I understand that. And many times some people may mistake that as all the confidence he has. He's just living an easy life. But every day I do have to always remind myself that a man's gift will make room for me and remind myself that I have to keep on pushing and surviving and continuing to create the life I want. But now it's not only for me, it's for Santiago and Julian. So thank you, Joy. And uh, I look forward to also meeting, I, I look forward to meeting everybody uh, one day. Turn it back over to you, Dr. Jane and Sebastian. Stephen, the first thing I think about when we talk about overcoming obstacles and challenges, of course, your, your experience is, 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 is a phenomenal example of saying, hey, listen, this is the hand the Lord dealt me and for good reason. And there is challenges up until this day. And there's there will continue to be challenges. But I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm 
I'm embracing what the Lord has gifted me with here. It reminds me of an evangelist that used to come to my Southern Baptist church when I was a kid. I think he's, uh, I think he may still be in the ministry. His name was David Ring and David Ring had cerebral palsy. And his famous line was, I have cerebral palsy. What's your problem? And I never, ever forgot that because David's level of enthusiasm and his ability to preach with cerebral palsy was one of a kind. And it just was incredible to see how God takes what we think is a disability and makes it our ability to bring a gift to the world and change people's lives and get them thinking differently. I mean, you got an off-Broadway play, Spartan? I'm just learning about you, Stephen, but I am like oh, over the moon encouraged with not only your story. You, you, my friend, are not only going to change people's lives and continue to change people's lives, excuse me, but those children that you're raising right now God's got a massive plan for their life, and they're going to do big things. And the reason they're going to do big things is because they had someone show up for them and say, hey, listen, I got you. God got God has me, and I got you. So, again, this is a full conversation of accolades and well-deserved accolades and encouragement for what you're doing on here. So I hope that your spirit, you're leaving, you're leaving this conversation this evening with your spirit filled and encouraged because that is the goal of conversations like this. And I'm sure that is the reason that Dr. Janie wanted to host this incredible conversation. Dr. Janie, I'm going to yield the mic back over to you real quick, Rockstar. Absolutely. And Sebastian, you are absolutely right. Stephen is an amazing human being. And behind all the accolades and all the accomplishments with Congress, that he has a heart and just adopting those two boys. And they are amazing uh, boys. So I'm going to continue to, we have um, uh, a few minutes left. So I want to be able to open it up for anyone else that has a question or a comment. Hey, Dr. Yeah. Uh, was that you, Jason? So we'll go, Ro we'll go uh, Ramon and then we'll go uh, Jason. So take it away, Ramon. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, I just wanted to say the two things, Sebastian. I remember that quote of the gentleman that had cerebral palsy, and I'm not going to mimic the person, but if people hear it, it grabs your soul. The pain that what she spoke that he said, and what's your problem? I remember that, Sebastian. I heard that same probably cassette tape many years ago. And the two, just want to say to you, Stephen, just thanks for sharing, man. I was on a plane one day, and I've only gotten you know half of this conversation, but a plane one day, and the gentleman, I think it's Tourette's if I'm saying it wrong, forgive me in advance. But some, you know, with your sharing the the the, the issue he had, I was so angry. The guy was in the seat behind me, didn't understand it, didn't know what it was. But I think you've healed me. You give me some forgiveness because even just hearing it today, years later, I, I feel healing from what you said. Because I, you know, if you don't understand something, it's hard to even know how to react. So I just wanted to say props to you and Dr. Janie. As always, another great session. We got all kinds of incredible breakfast with champion moderating uh, energy and humans popping in the conversation this evening. Thanks so much for that, Ramon, and Joy, too. Always bringing joy to the conversation on here. Let's go ahead and continue with uh, with with questions. Who else has a question for Stephen? Go ahead and uh, and flash your mic or raise your hand. Thank you, Sebastian. So, Stephen, if you want to make any comments to Ramon, and then we'll go to my real life, one of my real life uh, best friends, uh, Jason Jones. Yes, Ramon. Uh, so it is called Tourette's, and I I'm glad I can be an encouragement. And even for me. Living with Tourette's, going to national conferences, I too sometimes am very uncomfortable because some of the tics that these children have, the coprolalia, they say the N-word over and over and over. And when people are around us and I'm standing right next to these children and people don't understand why this child's saying the N-word, it is very uncomfortable, but it's my job to embrace these children and I was at a kid's camp once and the child came up to me and he started uh, holding his mouth and holding his arms like to his chest. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry, but my tick is saying the N word. I, can I say it? I said, yes, yeah, say it. And he screamed it four or five times. And then I walked towards him, put my hand on his shoulder. And I said, I don't remember his name. Actually I do, his name was Eric. I said, Eric, it's okay. I have Tourette syndrome and I understand you and you're going to be okay. And his stress level went all the way down 
and his coprolalia during that time, anytime he was around me was almost obsolete because I welcomed him and I had compassion on him and I understood him. So people with Tourette syndrome, we understand everybody doesn't understand us, but thank you today for your comments that uh, you, you gave me. It, it really is encouragement. Back over to you, Dr. Jamie. Thank you, Steve. And I want to um, introduce you to one of my real life, uh, real life meet in Orlando peeps, uh, Jason Jones. So go ahead and, um, and ask your question or make your comment to Steve. Yes, my friend, Dr. Jamie, my workout partner. <laughs> uh, thank you for this segment. It's been amazing. Uh, Sebastian, great job. Um, I'm really glad I'm here. This has been really inspiring. And uh, Stephen, thank you for your service. Everything you've done in your career, what you're doing with your boys. Uh, my question for you is, what lessons do you want them to learn as they, you know, grow into manhood? Like, what do you hope to instill in them along their journey? And that's yes. my question. Thank you, uh, Jason, for the question. It's nice to meet you. So the lessons that I want to instill in my children, and we, we talk about this all the time. Uh, lesson number one, put God first. Uh, that is the number one lesson. That's the number one rule in our house, uh, to put God first. Another lesson, and I really believe that I had so much trauma in my life because now I have the experience of raising children who came from trauma. So the other lesson I encourage them with, especially sharing my story, is even though you had a rough upbringing and you came from humble beginnings, don't allow your past to hinder your future, but use your past to fuel the success of your future. And that's something me and my boys talk about all the time. And then another lesson uh, that I provide them as they prepare to be men, because um, one's already 15, is never allow people to tell you no. My older son, after scoring two goals and two games, uh, we live in a very uh, non-diverse area. I will keep it at that. And after he scored the winning goal, the coach pulled him to the side I, not even to the side, on the sideline in front of everybody and said, sorry, but I'm cutting you from the team. This happened two weeks ago and said, you're not ready to play soccer in America. And my son looked at me and I was ready to jump down on that field, but I have a reputation. I work for Congress. I'm a playwright and Broadway's waiting for me. So I have to behave myself. And he looked at me and gave me a thumbs up and he looked at the coach. He said, thank you. He gave the coach a hug and he walked off that field with his chest out and his head straight up and to the sky. And I looked at him and well, when he came to me, I gave him a hug and he said, dad, it's going to be okay because you said, and he was quoting me, you said when one, one, when one door closes, another opportunity opens. And that's one of the lessons, another lesson that I give my children. And they quote my lessons back to me and it brings joy to my heart. So uh, that's, that's all for now. Thank you, Jason, for the question. Incredible, thank you. And that was uh, incredible, uh, Steve. Uh, before we ask Steve for his last words of how we can all live the life that we want and how do we create it. Um, anyone else have any other questions and thoughts before we close out this session? You can just flash your mic, or if I can't see you, you can just jump in. All right, that means they're all holding at the bit to hear your last words, Steve. So we have two minutes before we turn it over to Dr. Rowe. What do you want us to, to learn, uh, to know, or how we can live that impossible dream? We'd love to hear your thoughts and then how we can support you on your journey. Well, I want to thank Dr. Jamie, uh, Sebastian, Dr. Rowe, Joy, Anita, Glenn Lundy, everybody for welcoming me, welcoming me on my first Breakfast with Champions stage. Uh, it has been an honor. And my closing comments would be this. You have one shot to save your life. You have one shot to live your life. Shoot and live. Even when obstacles come, opportunities will follow. So just like me, there are many chances to survive in life. Keep getting back 
in the fight and thrive. And that goes for anybody in here, no matter what your income or salary is. If you are worth $10,000, keep on fighting. If you've reached the $1 billion net worth, keep fighting and keep thriving because somebody in your future needs you to survive. And that would be my closing comments. And yes, please, please come to New York City on October 22nd, 7.30, because we are going to cause some good trouble as my friend representative um, uh, John, uh, I'm sorry, I just, his name slipped my mind, but as he said, John, uh, he said that we should make good trouble. So come to New York as we make some good trouble in Off-Broadway, digging deep and check me out on YouTube and all the tags are on my uh, clubhouse bio, but it's been an honor. I turn the mic back over to you. Well, the honor has been ours, Steve. Thank you so much for giving us this past hour, for sharing your story, for telling us about your boys. And uh, I know you probably have to go get them from soccer, but we certainly appreciate uh, you and all of that you shared in this past hour. And we look forward to seeing your uh, play, uh, Dig Deep, in Broadway next month. So. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.